This episode of the Film Pulse podcast is brought to you by Audible. Visit audibletrial.com slash filmpulse for a free audiobook. <gasps> oh, great Odin's Raven! Do you realize you could have caused a serious accident here, perhaps even a bloodbath? It's crazy, it's crazy, it's crazy. This is, this is ridiculous, okay? I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. Welcome to the FilmPulse.net podcast, episode number one. With me today is Kevin. How are you doing there, Kevin? I am good. Today we're going to be talking about the Oscars and what movies we're seeing. We have a new segment we like to call Ryan Watches a Movie. So let's get started with the Oscars. Uh, Kevin, what do you think? Let's go over the the best. And, And first of all, let me just note that I don't I think I speak for Kevin when I say that really neither of us care about the Oscars too much it's more of like a novelty thing especially Um, this year especially this year so let's get into the best motion picture um, nominees first we have the artist the descendants extremely loud and incredibly close the help Hugo midnight in Paris Moneyball, trio life and warhorse what are your thoughts on those nominees? Well, my first thought is th- they changed to ten movies, what, like last year? The year before? Yeah, yeah, I think it was last year. Yeah. And then, you know, the second time of this, you're only going to pick nine movies? Like, mm-hmm. you can't find one more movie? But, like, yeah. why, why did you change it to ten in the first place then? I find that uh, these nominations are becoming more and more inconsistent. Like, we only have... This year, we only have two original songs nominated, (laughs) which I don't understand that choice at all. I mean, you could even pick more than one song that was in the Muppets movie, in my opinion. But I just don't get why the nominations are the way they are. Yeah, I just... I really don't understand why you... You get to nine movies, and then with someone like, ah, oh, that's that's good enough. Yeah, I think in previous years, it was not. I like, I don't know if they decided that that's what it's going to be from now on, just nine, it, or if they're going to try to stick with the ten. Maybe the, they thought that it didn't work out because I remember last year it was just some of the movies that were nominated last year felt like just they put them in there because they didn't have any other choice. Yeah. Like, they had to make those well, ten It movies. feels like they did that this year. Yeah. Well, I feel like they did that, but at the same time, I feel like there were a bunch of movies that got snubbed this yeah. year. And I know that, like, all the, the bloggers and everybody's talking about Drive, and I'm... I'm with them. I'm on the bandwagon with that. I don't understand why Drive didn't get nominated and Extremely Loud, Incredibly Close, and War Horse did. That just blows my mind. Well, and and Moneyball. Like, Moneyball's a good movie, but yeah, I don't think um, it should be a best picture. Moneyball, I, I liked Moneyball, um, mostly for the writing, but yeah, it's one of those where... As I was watching it, I was like, okay, this is Oscar bait. And that's the way that War Horse and Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close are. There's just It's just Oscar bait. They make those movies because they know that they're going to get at least a few nominations. But the fact that Drive and uh, Tinker Tailor was not even considered, yeah. um, I think that that's just... Yeah. It's just bad. And Drive got nominated for Best Sound Editing, so it's it's not like... Uh, Which I think is deserved. I mean, I've, yeah, been, I've, never, I've never been there for uh, like someone getting their head stomped in, but it sounded, oh, yeah. it sounded pretty real. Yeah. It, the sound was... I mean, it was definitely a deserved nomination, but the fact that they did get nominated... For for that shows me that it's not like that they were forgotten. It's not like the movie was just forgotten. Yeah. And that really frustrates me. Well, and to get back to I wanted to say something about Moneyball because 
This movie doesn't make sense to me because I'm a huge baseball fan and I follow baseball and it just it bugs me so much that they talk about Billy Bean you know and his money ball technique but mm -hmm. they don't they don't explain like he turns down a job from the Boston Red Sox to stay with Oakland and what you don't know is that well, or you do if you follow baseball is that Boston went on to win two World Series championships mm -hmm. and Oakland has done nothing yeah didn't um, after he started implementing that system didn't other teams start picking up on that too yeah I think I heard that like other I don't know which team specifically yeah but... like all the pretty much all the small market teams that don't really have the money like Boston and New York and stuff they don't you know they don't have the money like them they go out and buy everyone so they sort of do this sabermetrics mm -hmm. statistical analytics and all this to try and get winning teams but it doesn't really help I mean it cuts down on cost but nothing ever happens and it's just yeah. it's funny to me to think of like serious acting like a guy trying to trade a player on the phone like, <laughs> well Whoa. that was uh the movie was originally a book first right it's i yeah. think that that i think it was based on a book of the same name that came out recently well i mean that one that one i kind of could give or take that one i mean it the for me, Warhorse and Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close are the two that absolutely should not be on the list. Yes. I saw I actually saw all the best picture nominees this year, and those two should absolutely not be on the list. I didn't like either one of those. It was especially Warhorse. It was just so cheesy and sappy and it, I just I couldn't stand it. I, I almost turned it off i couldn't watch it but well i think we definitely need to talk a little bit more about warhorse because there's some funny things in that movie that need to be discussed <laughs> yeah um the campiness of it the cheese just the the over-the-top cheese there's i don't think i'm giving away a spoiler when i say that there's a scene where the horse gets caught up in some barbed wire on the battlefield and both sides, uh, the British and the Germans, put they stop fighting and they put aside their differences <laughs> to help this horse get out of this barbed wire. And there's a part where the the one of the German soldiers says, "We need more wire cutters." And then they have this scene where there's like six wire cutters floating through the air that that come up <laughs> over like the trench. <laughs> And it makes this like silly and this silly sound as they fly through the air, and it was just, it was just so cartoony uh, and like oh my, over the top. Uh, I just at any moment I was expecting the horse to just start talking. <laughs> and uh, now I know that great. this is, <laughs> this is based on a play. I haven't seen the play. I heard that with the play it's like an animatronic horse. And I mean, maybe it's good as a play. I maybe. doubt it. Maybe <laughs> I really doubt it. But as a movie, I just I thought it was awful. It, it really did. I just I I love that scene. Wire cutters <laughs> flying through the air. Do they start fighting after they free the horse? Uh, well, they didn't say, but probably. <laughs> I, I I would imagine so. Horse break. I'd, horse break <laughs> we have a horse break We've gotta help yeah, this horse out like time out t t <laughs> time out do over horse on the field <laughs> we have a horse on the field we gotta help it oh god and uh i also thought it was funny how uh it was like a running theme throughout the movie that the horse couldn't jump yes it just couldn't yes. jump they tried to get it to jump and then all of a sudden when it's on the battlefield, the very first time the horse jumps, it's over a tank. Over a tank. Over a tank. First jump, it's not like over a little, you know, like embankment or <laughs> yeah, anything. a little trench. A little, a little trench. 
a the, tank. It jumps over a tank. Jump. And I just thought that that one was what, a that, complete waste of time. That's it's it's so cheesy and so over the top that not only is it a movie that you can take your entire family to go see, you know, the kids, everyone. You can you can have your horse watch it. Your horse mm-hmm. might learn something. It might, you know, <laughs> the horse overcomes some uh, some hurdles, or should I say tanks? And, you know, it's for everyone. And the thing about it was that the horse was so smart that it it was like a human. It, it was that's why I say it. I was ready for it to talk at any time. And I saw another movie. Um, we reviewed it on the site. Uh, Red Dog, which won Best Picture at the Australian Academy Awards. And that was another animal movie. It was about a dog. But the thing about it was, yes, the dog was smart, but they didn't make it like a human. Yeah. It it was still it was still a dog and it still acted like a dog. That was a, just a far better movie. So uh, did the horse win the war? Is that what is that the end? <laughs> It wins the war. Uh, well, I, th- I think I don't want to. I don't want to give any spoilers away. I think that's what happened in real <laughs> life. The, Anyways, the, yeah, the horse they single-handedly. They, yeah, they might have changed it for the movie. I think the horse single-handedly won World War One in real life. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I remember history class. That's it was a horse. But I loved yeah. our original idea when we first saw the trailer for this movie. Is that we thought it was going to be like a hybrid horse that had like Gatling guns <laughs> mounted on the side of it. Yeah. Just busting up Germans. Yeah. Busting skulls. I think that would be a lot better if they went that route. Okay, let's talk about uh, directors now. Um, we're not going to go over all the nominees just because it would take days to get through them all. But uh, let's talk about directors we have um uh do you know how to pronounce the director of the artists name? i have no idea is it michelle it could be michelle hazanavikius i'm so i'm so sorry about that uh that then we perfect. have alexander payne for the descendants martin scorsese for hugo woody allen for midnight in paris Terrence Malick, Tree of Life. Those are uh, all really solid directors. Who do you think, who do you want to win for that? Well, of course I want Woody Allen to win. That's that's a uh, that's an interesting choice. I, I want him to win too, actually. Who do you think is going to win? Uh, the artist. I do too. Uh, however, it's kind of, I feel like it's kind of a toss-up because... When you're directing, and I loved the movie, I thought it was great, but I feel like from a director's standpoint, it's probably not as hard to direct a movie like that, um, just because there's no dialogue. And I mean, maybe I'm, I'm not a director, maybe I'm completely wrong, but I feel like it would be a little bit easier. And it's the same yeah. thing, like, you're getting nominated for Best Actor, in a movie that you don't speak in. And not true, but and I mean it was think, great like and that was the the thing that I really loved about the artist was that even though none of the actors were actually speaking uh like audibly like we could hear them um I still knew what they were thinking and what they were expressing and that's why I give the actor um actress nominations some definite leeway there because i thought that all the performances were great yeah but i I think he gets uh i think the director gets some bonus points for uh sort of you know it's a pretty brave move to yeah that's true 2011 Uh, to come out and be like i'm gonna do a silent movie yeah that's true i didn't I didn't really consider that, I guess. And just the way that uh, how he decided to film it at a slightly higher frame rate um, to give it that old style look to it. I mean, it was just, it was genius. I thought it was great. 
Um, but yeah, I think the the director nominations are a lot better than the. Oh than yeah. Best picture. Oh yeah. I think they're actually all deserving. Yeah, I think that. Uh, I, I think it would be interesting if those those films that were nominated for best director if just those five films were nominated for best picture i think i'd have a a much harder time deciding who i want to win and who i think should win yeah i think uh yeah i would say that i want woody allen to win too i mean that's that was by far his biggest movie and i think he just do you think he's gonna show up Oh, I don't know. I doubt it. I doubt it. I doubt it. They'll probably have, like, somebody accept the award for him if he wins. But I really doubt it. So I hope I hope it's the horse from War Horse. <laughs> accepting the award for Woody Allen is the horse from War Horse. That would be great. That would be. I don't know though. Uh, I, I liked Hugo a lot too. I thought that was. I thought Scorsese did a really good job with that. Um, you know, just being a family film, and it was like I'm not a big fan of the 3D, but it was by far the coolest 3D I've ever seen. It was like one of those few films that actually benefited from the 3D, where the 3D really enhanced the cinematography looked really good. Um, do you want to talk about, uh, any of the actors or screenplays or anything like that? Uh, I think we can just sort of talk about, uh, some of the omissions, some of the snubs. Like, I can't believe there's no Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Yeah. That's a big one. For the score. That's a big one. I don't, I don't get that at all. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, the way they score movies is just perfection. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, really, really good. I love good. the fact with the, the newest one, you could tell that they incorporated things that were happening in the movie at that time. Mm-hmm. They would incorporate it into the music. Yeah. Like one of the guys like cleaning the floors at the, the office. You know, they worked that into the music, the trains, everything. So for original score, we have The Artist, uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, Hugo, The Adventures of Tintin, and War Horse. <laughs> now, War Horse. John Williams yeah. did the score for The Adventures of Tintin and War Horse, and we all know that he's a darling of the Oscars. So my guess is that because he's on there twice, they probably knocked off uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross for one of his nominations it's ridiculous which is ter- which is terrible i mean sure the score in tintin and war horse was fine i mean it was typical john williams score i think that even i i think that he gets blown out of proportion as far as well, how good he I, is i honestly think that you could just take like he could just do one score for a movie and then he could probably just use it over and over again, and no one would know. Yeah. They'd just be like, oh, that's a really good... Yeah. I mean, maybe with the exception of uh, his early work, like with Indiana Jones and Jaws and Star Wars, most of his stuff since probably the early 90s has sounded the same. It's all sounded yeah. pretty much the same. I mean, nothing unique about it. Plus, given the fact that the Academy has come out and said that they're trying to, you know, garner more uh, younger viewers. Yeah. You get, like, a younger audience, and then they do something like this, and hopefully we don't have to see Kurt Douglas again. Mm. Uh, hopefully that doesn't <laughs> happen. That was, uh, it was, it was uncomfortable and sad. Mm-hmm. Last year when and, Kurt and Douglas you, came out, yeah, it made you feel bad. Yeah, I just felt bad for everyone, really. Um, as far as the as far as the Academy Awards goes, like I said before, uh, neither of us 
really care about them. It's it's like it's like the one day out of the year where everybody talks about movies, and I kind of like that. That's kind of the thing I like about it. More often than not, people will be bitching and moaning about it, and just like we are now, <laughs> the movies yeah. that got snubbed. But I mean, there's there was a lot of movies that came out that were really really solid movies this year, and uh, another one is uh, we need to talk about Kevin. That definitely should have, in my opinion, that should have gotten nominated for Best Picture, but it's certainly not the type of movie that gets considered for an Oscar. It's, it's, uh... Yeah, it's too dark. Yeah, it's very dark. Um, but it was just a fantastic movie. And, and, um, Tilda Swinton got nominated for a Golden Globe for her performance in it, and, um... She did not get nominated for an Oscar. Uh, the same goes with Ryan Gosling for Drive. Yeah, but also Albert Albert Brooks didn't. Get that's nominated. yeah. That's another that's another thing that people are kind of flipping out over is Albert Brooks not getting nominated for Drive. I definitely think he should have gotten nominated. He, yeah, he did such an amazing job in that, and I just I feel like he just wasn't considered. And when you look at the BAFTA nominations, now those are pretty much exactly what the Academy Award nomination should be, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, it was a little heavy with the uh, Tinker Taylor nominations. They got it. Well, but, I mean, that's understandable. Well, yeah. Let them have their thing. The interesting thing was... Uh, once, attack- once in a blue moon, they get they get something. Yeah. I mean, you know, they get, they get a little crazy with it, but... Yeah. Got it. I mean, I really liked Tinker Tailor. I thought it was a great movie. Uh, I think it should have been nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, but. definitely. It was definitely a better, more deserving than, say, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. Ugh. Or Moneyball. Or War Horse. Yeah. Something. I, I agree with that. Um, let's see here. We have... Um, Cinematography, pretty standard. Artist, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, Hugo, Tree of Life, War Horse. I'm hoping that Tree of Life wins that, or maybe Hugo. I don't know, but they were all those were all pretty solid too, except for War Horse. Uh, I think that pretty much wraps up uh, everything. I I did see the Transformers: Dark of the Moon got nominated for Best Visual Effects. Yeah, they- <laughs> That's just. Uh, oh, uh, one thing I wanted to mention was uh, the best animated uh, film. I thought that this was really interesting that not one, but two foreign films got nominated for best animated feature film, and The Adventures of Tintin was not nominated. Yeah, and the, what? This is probably the first year that there's no Pixar movie. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, Cars 2 came out this year, and that didn't get yeah. nominated. That did get yeah. nominated for the Golden Globe, I think. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think that that's uh, pretty interesting. It's A Cat in Paris, which is a French film. Uh, Chico and Rita, where's that? Is that Brazilian? That or Cuban. Cuban. It's a Cuban movie. Uh, Kung Fu Panda 2, Puss in Boots, and Rango. Um now you you reviewed Chico and Rita for the site. I reviewed A Cat in Paris, and I think we were both pretty impressed with those those two. Yeah, I I, I would really like if one of those two won. I I was no. very surprised. I <laughs> loved A Cat in Paris. I thought it was just amazing. I'd really like to see that win. I actually didn't get a chance to see Chico and Rita, but I read your review. Yeah, I think I would like to see both of those. Either one of those win. Yeah. It would be nice. Cause it's just different. I mean, I really, I'll tell you, I really loved Rango. I thought it was great. I thought the animation oh, yeah. looked, yeah. the animation was just so incredible. I liked everything I about Rango. but I wouldn't mind if Rango won as well, but hopefully not come Fu Panda 2. No, I mean, I didn't see that, so I can't say too much about it. I wasn't interested. I didn't like the first one. I really no. didn't. I think and they're in talks to make 
what is it, like 42 of those? <laughs> Probably. I think it might be 42. Well, they have a show, too. A TV show. Of course they do. There's, like, a Kung Fu Panda TV show. I don't know if, like, Jack Black does the voices or anything. Probably not. Uh, probably not, but... Well, I think that kind of... Uh, as far as the foreign language uh, film goes, I haven't seen any of them, so... I cannot comment yeah. on any of them. I almost saw Separation, but I, I, I didn't. Uh... I would like to see all of them, but at this I, yeah, at the, I would definitely like that as well. But I don't think any of them are available. Yeah, where I live, you're you're not seeing them. I don't think any of them are available. So that one's kind of a toss up. But I've been hearing a lot of great things. I, I think a separation will probably win because I think that's the most uh, known. Yeah, but Which um, I think it should be said from what I've heard about it and stuff. It seems, it seems as though that should actually be like best picture, like it yeah. should probably beat all the movies that are in best picture. Yeah, I've been hearing a lot of. There's been a lot of good buzz about that. I'd I'd like to see uh, Bullhead too. That looks pretty good. Yes, I really want to see Bullhead. I think that does it for the Oscars. Um, Get excited. Let's just take a minute to talk about Audible. Now, Kevin, you you like to read, right? You're a reader. You like to read. A little bit. Well, I don't like to read, but I like books. Okay. So, Audible is perfect for me. Uh, I'm driving around most of the day, so I can listen to a book in my car. A friend of mine... Uh, listened to the podcast and heard me complain about the Hunger Games and told me to read the book. So I got it on Audible and I'm now listening to it. How is it? It's uh, well, I'm only in on chapter four right now, so I can't say that I hate it yet. But I hate, <laughs> but I hate it. Officially. So it's it's just not very good. Official results aren't in, but we're leaning towards hating it. Yeah. I, it's just not for me. Maybe if I was like a 14 year old girl, I would be into it, but it's just, it feels like Battle Royale to me, like a a ripoff. That's exactly what I thought. And, And I can't help but thinking as I'm listening to the book that this this woman that that wrote it i think her name's suzanne collins um i can't help but thinking that she just totally bit off a battle royale i mean there's just no way that yeah and i mean she she switches it up she definitely makes it more like deeper with more substance than battle royale because you can only do so much in a movie that's an hour and a half but you know she wrote this is like a whole series of books and um, it takes place in the future and it's, it's just very, very similar. Like there's no more in the United States, there's no more like States. They're all districts. And basically uh, two people get picked at random from each district and they have to, to fight to the death. And that's pretty much it. So, I'll, I'll report back on it when I get further into the book. But if you want to get your own free book, a free book from Audible, just go to audibletrial.com slash filmpulse. That's audibletrial.com slash filmpulse. You get a free audiobook. You're helping out the show. It's a win-win. It's a win-win. Win-win. So what, what do you got coming down the pipe? What are you watching, Kevin? Uh, I'm going to be watching Snowtown today. That's right. Snowtown was, it, it won a whole bunch of Australian Academy Awards uh, this past week. So I'll be interested yeah, to hear I'm, what you think about that one. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty jazzed to see it today. Yeah, Excited. I definitely want to see that one as well. Um, I, I mentioned in the Daily Podcast uh, that... Kill List and The Innkeepers came out in theaters uh, 
this past Friday. If you haven't checked those out, definitely check them out. They're both on on demand still. Uh, they're totally worth it. Rent, you know, rent them. Go see them in the theater if you can, because I believe, I mean, Innkeepers is a great movie to see in the theater. It's old school horror. It's done very well. Highly recommend both those movies, and and I think it's good to support those those films so we can see more of them in the future. Yeah, I'm pretty excited to see the Innkeepers. Yeah. Uh, Innkeepers is uh, just amazing. Ty West is definitely one of my directors to watch as far as up and coming. He's yeah, really really good, and he's uh, that's why I'm really excited to see that VHS uh, film that screened at Sundance this year. It was it's like an yeah, I like the idea. It, it's like an anthology. I mean, we've <laughs> seen horror anthologies before with uh, like Creepshow and the Twilight Zone movie, but with VHS, it just it seems like it's really cool because it's taking that the found footage formula and, and kind of putting a spin on it. And I'm sure that, like all those other anthologies, that it, it gets bookended with you know a cool story. And yeah. I'm definitely excited for that. Um, but there's a there's a whole bunch of uh, movies that came out at Sundance this year that that I'm quite excited to see yeah and i just want to add there the definitely see kill list that is a must yeah see. the movie is unnerving to say the least extremely violent so if you like uh if you yeah. like violence if you thought drive was very violent wow <laughs> this, it's almost too violent is, uh, it's it's yeah, it's almost too violent. I had trouble watching some of some of the things. I just I turned away. It's because I was hoping the camera would turn away, and then it wouldn't. So I had to do it. <laughs> you had so. to be the camera. Your eyes had to be the camera. Yeah, yeah. it's like you sh- shouldn't have to make me watch that. But also, also like you said with I think about Ben Wheatley who directed mm-hmm. Kill List. He's definitely someone to keep. Yes, an eye on. absolutely. Uh, it also has a, a completely insane ending that that completely yeah. <laughs> it almost it just changes the whole dynamic of the film. I mean, it's almost like a completely different film because of the ending. Yes. yes. Um, definitely see that. I know it's on demand, so you have no excuse. Uh, let's see. Do you want to talk about Sundance at all? Are there any things that, that uh, I think came we'll, out? We can say a couple of things about, you know, there's Sundance, there's South by Southwest, there's uh, Rotterdam just, uh, I think, finishes up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would just like to say that I'm super excited for tons and tons of movies that I'm not going to see until probably... 2016 yes. probably the you know the plight of the festival unless you can go to the festival odds are you're not going to and some of the movies you won't be able to see at all cuz there's yeah. there's a lot of movies that are like really good good movies that for whatever reason don't get distribution and we just don't see them it's it's a shame but i guess it uh, gives you more incentive to actually go to the festivals I'm hoping that people start using the, the video on demand and stuff. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Start really going that route. I think uh, we're gonna see a big, um, a big surge in movies that are getting distribution, not only in theaters but digital distribution as well. They are. They started doing it last year, I believe, at Sundance, and this year they did it a lot more so i think what i'd like to see is more of that video on demand distribution because more people are watching on demand because it's becoming more accessible and you have services like itunes that are putting out films uh they're doing advanced screenings of films i mean the, the tim and eric movie 
uh, premiered at Sundance this year, and while it was still playing at Sundance, they released it on demand. And yeah, and it doesn't come out in theaters until March, I believe. So we got to see a sneak peek of that, and I think it's great because with movies like that, I don't mind paying. It was nine ninety nine. I don't mind paying that to to get you know a sneak peek at a movie. I yeah, think exactly. because if I went to see it in the theater, depending on when I went to the theater, and usually I have to go for the midnight show or opening night, and um, you know I'm paying that much anyway to see it in the theater. So yeah, and then plus you got to put up with the people. Ugh. <laughs> Don't get me started on the casual moviegoer at the theater. Yeah, I. I mentioned in the daily podcast, um, I believe it was on Friday, that I went to see Chronicle, and it was the worst experience, the most yes. obnoxious people. Yes, you were telling me, just yelling out random names. Yeah, and, and I don't want to, like part of me wants to get up and be like, okay, stop, or just can you please knock it off, but then I'm thinking like, I don't want to get shot over this. You know, yeah. until they start putting metal detectors in movie theaters, I'm not going to feel safe confronting anybody. Because <laughs> my uh. my dad, my dad had a friend who he went to a movie with with his father, and there was somebody being obnoxious, and the guy went up and asked him nicely to please stop talking, and the guy beat the crap out of him in the middle of the theater. I mean, it's just, so it's like you got to kind of just, you know, clench your jaw and just try to get through it, try to focus on the movie that you're watching. Chronicle was great, by the way. Everybody should go see that. It was uh, written by Max Landis, John Landis's son. Big fan of John Landis. And I think he has a bunch of movies that are going to be coming out this year. So... Yeah, I saw that you posted a, uh, like a short. Yeah, film. He, yeah. Yesterday, he um, posted a, a short film out on uh, YouTube, and we put it up on the site. It's pretty funny. It's uh, it's got its moments. Very similar to the the drunk history lessons with funnier die, but it's about the the remember in the '90s when they killed Superman. And then it brought yeah. him back to life. It's it's basically about that and just how detrimental that was to the comic book industry. It was pretty funny. Um, mostly, I just posted that because there was like no news at all yesterday. So, and yeah. this is going to be a really rough month. I'm going to do the best I can uh, to get daily podcasts out to you guys, but it's going to be very rough. It's uh, not a lot of movies coming out this month. The festivals are are winding down, um, and awards season is pretty much over. So we should just you should just do like a uh, like a throwback week. Yeah, could like go back. We can do we can revisit the eighties. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Now it's time for a new segment we like to call Ryan Watches a Movie, where we get our friend Ryan, who we would call a casual moviegoer, to watch a film of our cho choosing and tell us about it. He has no prior knowledge of the film we pick until he watches it, and in most cases, we haven't seen the film either. So we have Ryan on Skype right now. Ryan, what movie did we have you watch this week? A Serbian film. That's right. A yes. Serbian film. It came out in 2010. It got a 41% on Rotten Tomatoes. And for those of you that haven't heard of this movie, it's a extremely controversial. It was banned in several countries. And Kevin and I haven't seen this movie. So have not seen this movie. Tell us what happens in a Serbian film. Well, basically... I don't like this at all, because I'm not a fan of subtitles, first of all. <laughs> but if the... <laughs> oh, no. 
if if there is good I can deal with this old dials. However this movie was very I guess you could say traumatic. Um, it was real graphic. It was real violent. It was there was uh, some blatant nudity and Actually, the whole plot of the movie is very, very disturbing. Um, I want to I, I, I ask one question. I've what? been dying to ask this since you watched it. Did this ruin? Did this ruin your life by any chance? Um, <laughs> sort of. Sort of. Sort of. Find myself counting. Wow. Um, it uh, it's. Technically, it's a horror movie, but it's more of a, I don't know. Like, to- like torture porn. Yeah, it's more of a thriller and lots of sex. So, um, let me let me just read the IMDb synopsis so people can get a good idea of, of what this is about. An aging porn star agrees to participate in an art film in order to clean to make a clean break from the business, only to discover that he has been drafted into making a pedophilia and necrophilia-themed snuff film. Would you say that that's an accurate synopsis? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, sounds, and, uh, that sounds awful. I would also say that the country of Spain and the country of Norway think that as well, because I read that they both banned this movie because they are further investigating how little kids got naked and had lots of sex legally. So there, there's like child nudity in the film? There's, there's, it's, it's hard to explain because nudity to us and nudity to, I would say, most foreign countries is totally different. Mm-hmm. Um, the nudity that we're accustomed to is brief, unless, of course, you're watching porn. Where it's very graphic and yeah, yes, it is a lot longer in porno movies. Mm-hmm. I'd say this. <laughs> I'd say this is somewhere in between, but definitely more on the graphic side. So I heard that uh, there was this movie actually played at a film festival. I think it was in Spain, and the. Uh, after they showed the movie, the organizer of the film festival actually got arrested and yes, <laughs> went to jail <laughs> because I of this movie. Well. And I think, I mean, I find that to be ridiculous. I mean, it's not like he made the movie or anything, but it, it's funny because a lot of um, like indie film critics gave this film like actually good reviews, and I think that it kind of blurs the line between what is art and what is just, you know, gratuitous sex and violence. Well, see, what what is considered gratuitous in the overall people's point of view might be because they're not used to seeing like films like this. Like I said, over in Europe, yeah, that's true. They're they're more used to gratuitous nudity. And when you look at yeah. when you look at film ratings in other countries, they always rate movies that are more violent more more harshly than movies that have more sex. And it's the exact yeah. opposite. You have movies here like, um, you know, like I don't know, like The Expendables, the first Expendables that got a hard R rating because of all the violence. And then you have a movie like Shameless, which has next to no violence, and that gets an NC-17 rating just because Michael Fassbender gets naked in it. I yeah, want to I, say, I, I real quick, it's... real quick, quit, wait, wait. I just want to point out that when you said the line about uh, Shameless, you meant to say shame. Shame, yes. 
Not shameless. That's a good show on Showtime, but yeah, we we've, we've been because yeah. we started watching Shame Shameless, and we've been making that mistake a lot lately as well. Yeah, shame. So <laughs> shame with Michael Fassbender. Yeah, shameless. Well, it was kind of a shameless movie, but that's for a different I kinda, conversation. I kind of want to say that this movie, I can't. I, even though I said before that I hated it, I kind of like it, but I feel like I should say that I hate it mm-hmm. because that's mostly what the people in the public eye would say, probably. Yeah, I think it's like one of those things where, although you may feel that it's a good film, you don't want to say, oh, I liked it, because that makes you sound like... A complete a degenerate, like yeah, you don't want. Uh, yeah, I would, I would be afraid. I would be afraid to say that I like this. Yeah, I remember, like, uh, you know, like back when we were in high school and stuff, when Requiem for a Dream came out, and like all the the high school kids would be like, "Yeah, I love that movie. It's like the best movie ever. I love it." Yeah, <laughs> and you're yeah. just like, "No, yeah. I mean, you can say it's a good movie, but." I don't know if you want to say that you love something like that. Yeah. I would agree. How, how, um, how did you sleep after watching this? Um, well, I slept pretty well, I well, guess. Also, did, did you drink at all while watching this movie? Because I think I that's the only way I could get through it. Yeah, so I it drank did drive afterwards you to drink. by myself. <laughs> by, the movie did make you drink. <laughs> and then did you cry yourself to sleep? Uh, I if I could have cried myself to sleep, but I was too drunk to cry. <laughs> but I believe at the end of the movie, I cried a little bit. And that made it feel even more weird, because I don't think that's supposed to happen. But it did make me cry, just because I was terrified <laughs> of what I just saw. I thought that we were gonna. I thought that Kevin was gonna go over there and uh, find you in your shower, with all your clothes on, taking a shower <laughs> in the fetal position, just rocking back and forth. I wasn't afraid that, of that. I have to admit, I thought that that was a possibility. If I was able to walk, that probably would have been a problem. Yeah, I think this movie terrified me. So on a on a scale of one to ten, what would you give a Serbian I film? It's like, I mean, I'm not a movie reviewer pro, but I would say it's, I would give it like seven or an eight. Seven or eight. Wow. That's probably more towards seven. I mean, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but it's not best either. Now, how much of that rating are you basing on the fact that you had to read subtitles? Does that Is that does an that automatic f- like negative? No, because if I based on well. subtitles, it probably would have got like four or five. Uh Okay. But I'm just saying the movie itself. Okay. So you are being fair. Okay. Yeah, so... so adults, I can get past them. I just don't like them in my head. And it's probably more due to laziness than anything. Okay. And at, that, at this point, we should point out that Ryan is an American. <laughs> yes. So. He is an American moviegoer. Yeah, so, well, that's that's interesting. Uh, glad I have one question um, that goes with this film. If this director made other films, would you watch those, or is this the last movie you would watch by this director? Um, if if I got if I got a little bit of the synopsis beforehand, I think I could handle watching another one because. The 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 action and the intrigue and stuff like that, that's my kind of movie. I like that part of it. Okay. That's fair. Well, thanks for being on the show, Ryan. Thanks for watching that movie for us, uh, so we don't have to see it. 
we have another movie lined up for you to watch so we'll hopefully be getting you back on next week to go over that with us and, and i think it's i think it's a lighter fare yes yeah it should it, it should be noted that we're not gonna just give you horrendously graphic films it's we're gonna mix it up you're never gonna yeah i don't want i don't think i could live with that in my country <laughs> no if we did that to him every time, I feel like that would be awful. I feel like we'd turn you into a serial killer or something if we if we just gave you horribly gruesome movies every week. And I feel like I should do something for him. Like I should, I don't know, give him a large amount of money, buy him a cake, or or be like, yeah, like buy him a cake, like an ice cream cake, or be his butler for a month. I don't know. I just I feel as though I should do something. Uh. uh. Well, you know, we'll we'll buy you a cake or something. We'll get you a nice card that says that has that has a little picture of a kitten on it that says we're sorry. <laughs> that would be funny if they made cards for a Serbian film. Said, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, you had to watch this. <laughs> they definitely should. Sorry, your friends. <laughs> if they did that, Serbia might make some money. Yeah. <laughs> That's the merchandising <laughs> for the movie. <laughs> We're sorry. Uh, I think that does it for today's podcast. Uh, if you have any comments, suggestions, anything at all, please email us at podcast at filmpulse.net. As always, you can head on over to our site at filmpulse.net. And you can also call our voicemail line at area code 206-337-9263 and give us some suggestions over the voicemail also don't forget you can subscribe to our podcast on itunes and stitcher and make sure you check out audibletrial.com slash film for your free audiobook uh we'll be back next week where we'll have kevin and hopefully ryan will be with us again and until then you can stay tuned for tomorrow's film pulse daily where we'll go over the latest news for the week and that's it. For FilmPulse.net, I'm Adam. And I'm Kevin. And we'll see you next week. See you next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>